right, welcome, um, uh, Queens. Your um, your royal highnesses, if that can be plural. Right. <laughs> All right. It's um, it's really great to meet y'all. Um, of course, for people who don't know, we we both uh, we all went to Climb Forest. Um, we've never actually met, but it's great to right. it's great to so it's great to finally get to meet y'all today. Likewise. Yes. <laughs> all right. So um, let's um, uh, get started. Um, uh, y'all. Uh, I noticed on social media y'all were uh, at the protest earlier this week. <laughs> Right. So uh, tell, tell me how that, that experience was like. So basically, um, at the protest, it was like a very life-changing experience, I could say. I've been to um, a previous protest with um, Rodney Reed and um, that incident. It was basically um, a, a male, a black male got arrested for um, supposedly having an affair with a white woman and he got charged with life in prison. And it's just like, that was unfair. And you know, now with this uh, George Floyd incident, it's like we're continuously fighting for our rights. And um, all we just want to be is equal, just treated with respect. We want to stop police brutality. And I just feel like it was an eye opener being able to have that experience because believe it or not, it was just so much beauty within the aura of the protest because it was very peaceful. And we was all able to come together in order to make change in the world. And I feel like it was a very humbling experience. I'm glad I had the opportunity to actually witness that, see our people come together for once and want to unify Because, you know, we don't really have as much unity in the Black community as we should. So just seeing that was very used to part of long <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was it was really great to see, um, especially how not only that the uh, it was all fifty states that uh, went out to protest, even, um, and it was crazy because like I, I read somewhere it was um for the for the protest here in Houston the march uh, it was sixty thousand people that joined and y'all were y'all were a part of that sixty thousand. So how was it? So how how was it? Was it like really uh, uh, in terms of crowd? Were y'all um in terms of like walk uh, marching together because uh, that, that sounds like a lot of people to like keep keep in line and, and, and go in the same direction definitely. definitely um just being there it was of course there's plenty of people um, um it was definitely crowded but um it worked you know it was nothing that was overbearing or too much um, i felt like everyone had you know their intentions and everyone mind was set so i felt like everything was going well um, i didn't feel as if like uh, it was too much or anything but it actually really went well and just um seeing the unity i think was the biggest thing like it was actually beautiful to actually just be a part of that and like see so many people come together i think that was just if anything good like the best part of the whole entire experience because you see all nationalities there all um, genders and Um, well, but 60,000 really is a lot um, 
that's a and uh, as a reference, that's if I'm not mistaken, that's a whole uh, stadium for for the Super Bowl. Uh, so, was what did you, were there any uh, problems y'all ran into uh, in terms of like uh, was this like way more than we expected, or is it too many people to keep, keep like in line? Um, personally, we didn't experience any problems, but I did know a few people who did say they had um, experienced problems. Yeah. We left earlier before any of any of the chaos that started. Right. So um, it was just very, being very um, cautious with our actions and different things like that. But I know everyone's intentions were was just to be a peaceful protest. And to be heard. And to be heard. And I don't really think any of these riots or anything like that is being really started by us. And I, I feel like that's something people also need to be aware of because a lot of the time this stuff is being staged by undercover officers and et cetera and making it look like we are the ones starting things in order for them to further their mission and what they're right. trying to implement now. So I just feel like we all want to be at peace right now because we already feel like there's already a lot of chaos. So why we want to continue to bring that more right. into the world. So I feel like we just have to be aware of certain things and um, be cautious and actually focus on what our actual goal is and that's to bring peace in it. So yeah. Uh, so, how were the um, how were the uh, police guarding the the uh, guiding the protest? How were they how were they behaving? Were they like mostly like cool cool with it, or were they were there some some of them going acting a bit hostile? Um. Well, what I experienced, um, like just being near them, I could tell like they're um, they were trying to like adjust themselves. Like I know a lot of them. Well, actually, all of them had the. Uh, I don't know what you call those, like those clubs. Okay, so clubs, uh, they had a lot of those. I've seen like when the protesters came, um, when they came, they were like adjusting themselves, fixing it and different things like that. Just really, I felt like in a way to bring fear to scare the protesters. And um, for me, I felt like it wasn't discouraging because I'm I'm not scared. Of, I literally have no fear within me. So it was just like, I understand what they're trying to do, you know, bring fear to a lot of people and with them like, making gestures or like commenting. Um, I'm sure a lot of people kind of felt, um, you know, kind of nerve wracking, but at the same time, we knew what we were there for. So if anything happened, we know we had each other's back, so. Yeah, yeah. that's a, well, um, it's, I'm not asking y'all to, uh, 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 you know, uh, tell me what y'all heard, but like, did y'all personally, uh, while y'all were marching, see any altercations with the police? Um, well, when we were leaving, um, we were, um, had to leave the, we was leaving the protest and I remember it was like some guy, he was like, hey, um, where are the protesters and stuff like that because my friends are trying to like harass the police or something like that. It was just something like off like that, but nothing really big. I just seen like, you know, some guy who's like getting into it with the police officers, um, you know, wanting peace, speaking how they feel, so. That was pretty much it. And then a lot of the times I feel like in large crowds, officers already feel intimidated or less threatened because they may feel like they may be outnumbered right. and their life may be in danger. When it's like, y'all fearful for that, but our lives has always been in danger. So at this point, it's really just good and it's bad right now. And I feel like that's something we have to realize and deal with. But at the end of the day, like I keep saying, like change is gonna come because like you had mentioned before, like we have protests, people have protests over all 50 states, 18 countries, and I'm like, <laughs> this this protest was bigger than 
the civil rights movement because everybody participated. I know people in Hong Kong, people in Africa, and it's just like people are realizing that we are one, you know? So it's just a beautiful sight to see. And I feel like people realize the fear tactics that are being thrown in society right now. And it's like, in order for you to keep somebody in fear, you just have that gateway of controlment. So um, I feel like people are breaking out of that fearful mindset and um, actually demanding demand change. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're not just thinking surface level. We're thinking, okay, we take down that system. Now the next thing we have to do is take take down the economy and, and build our own, you know, so build our own school system and everything like that. So I feel like we're thinking the steps ahead, steps ahead of what they feel like we may not be doing. Right. So I feel like that's how we're gonna our power because we have a strategy, have a strategy, and I feel like a lot of people are realizing that we are we have the power. So like who created the system in the first place? <laughs> our birthright is to be born free, but we work at nine to five. We go to school, et cetera, et cetera. So we're realizing it. <laughs> All right, uh, and one thing I always uh, uh, I brought up whenever um, I, I talk about this is the uh, reputation of the of the Houston Police, most uh, uh, specifically the Harris County Harris County Police Department, because um, we uh, relatively relatively speaking, I'm not saying it's perfect, but relatively speaking, it has a better reputation than you know the LAPD and the NYPD who who have a like. Uh, a long reputation of, of using dirty tactics, and like, and that's some, and that's something that uh, that came out during this protest, and it really uh, pointed out like the systemat, like how this is systemically wrong, uh, um, because you know we, because uh, of social media, we're able to see this more, more often. That even when the police and uh, and I, I'm not sure if it happened in Houston, but I know it happened in L.A. and New York and other in other states, that even when you know, all eyes are on the police, and this protest is about police brutality. That even then, when they're trying to, um, I don't know, like detain uh, some protesters, they're still using dirty tactics, even though they know they're um, they're being watched by 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 all over the world. All eyes are on them. And I saw a video of like uh, these police, uh, these police. I think it was in Atlanta. They dragged the guy uh, behind a dumpster and started beating on him. Um, and I also saw another, I don't know where this was, but it was a police uh, beating, uh, they were uh, arresting this guy. Uh, there was a stick on the ground, I think it was a middle stick, and they put it, they forced him to put his hand on it so they have justifiable cause to beat him. So it's like being dirty is all the these police, uh, all a lot of policemen are taught. Like even when, which is a re really points to systemically how they're being like, uh, trained that even even when all eyes are on them, like they're still using dirty tactics. So that being said, like, what do you y'all feel like is the next step we got to take to bring uh, bring change? Because these protests can't go on forever. We can't be protesting up until November when when the election really starts. So what do y'all feel like is the next step we have to take? Um, definitely having strategy and um, not falling in their system again. I feel like for us to be out of their system and out of, you know, them having control over us, it's up to the people to um, create their own, you know, like I'm saying, like, forget their systematic um, strategy of, like, economy and, like, making, but, like, policing, definitely. I, I feel like um, we need to have our own, have uh, maybe um, just, like, people in our community to take over and 
police, police that area. Like we don't need them. Black people already don't feel comfortable with calling the police if there isn't an issue. So I don't see in the future of us even still continue to have police, you know, supposedly serve and protect for us because that's not even the case now. So what we need to do is actually have people that we trust and who can handle a situation. And honestly, it may sound like not strategic or anything like that, but people can work their way up to get, you know, licensed, this, that, and the third. And I'm not meaning from like policing, uh, like police academies, different ways. And I feel like if anything, we need to be prepared for whatever comes. And I think that's by any means necessary, whatever we have to do to protect ourselves. I think I will have to say, um, I think someone say that it takes six months for police training in order for them to be able to like become a police officer and stuff like that. But it takes um, degrees and everything like that to become like a teacher or, or proceed in any career that you want to fulfill. And it's like, if it only takes six months and you're out here killing somebody, like who says you're qualified? Like, who says you're qualified? You know, if it takes six months, who says you're qualified with a gun when it takes a teacher or an engineer years in order to get a bachelor's degree in order to fulfill. So like, maybe the change should be implementing more time. But at the same time, I just kind of feel like if you're a police officer, you, you already have that motive of what you're trying to go into the police force for. Right. So I feel like we just have to think more strategically and create our own police force because you said we couldn't, it's illegal. I mean, it's, it's legal. So I feel like we just need to continue thinking and brainstorming and come up with a solution because it, I mean, like, we just need to unify. We just need to unify. Come up with strategies, come up with more, you know, blueprints, set up things. Like, if you want to see change, it has to come from us within, really. <laughs> also, it's it's systematically. Here's one thing. Here's an experience I had um, not even long ago, like a week ago. I've been driving home from my grandfather's house. It's like 9.30, 10 at night. And it's a 15-minute drive. In that 15-minute drive, I seen three police, three uh, officers pull people over. Three. And for a 15-minute drive, that's a lot. Keep in mind, uh, now that was the end of the month. It was March 31st, March 30th. So what, and, and some clicked on me. Uh, when I remember, I read some saying that a lot of police funding and a lot of money that goes to the police um, comes from traffic stops. So basically, they're required to make a quota that a lot of police stations are required to make a quota of traffic stops. And when you require to be to stop people for for um, for like traffic stops, you're basically increasing their chances of an altercation. Whether it be and a lot of police aren't prepared to like take take on that issue. Like y'all said, it's, it's a training thing. They only go to school for six months. It takes nine months to be a barber. It takes more than that to become a, a pet groomer for, for christ's sake and also that so I, I what i say is a solution is uh i think we, uh, the police need more funding in terms of we need to pay the cost more because they're being paid paid like very little very little we need to make sure like the money they go isn't depending on harassing um the community that they're, they're patrolling we also got to make sure we invest in training them better. Uh, when, like, like one, one, one idea I have is um, military, uh, military policing, but we demilitarize like their equipment. Cause you know, there's a lot of, like a lot of videos of pol uh, 
the police uh, pre preparing to handle the uh, protesters are, are dressed in riot gear when unnecessarily with uh, the with cannons and tear gas and tear gas masks which and and that's also another problem so uh, one thing um, when you militarize the police it, it, it sets um they're not with only six months of training when basic training for the military is way longer and way more intense. Like uh, in documentaries I've seen about military training, they usually push, they push these people, they push these recruits to their limit and until they, until like, and they give you the option, you can quit now or you can keep going and finish out. And if they quit, then, they, then that's, that, that's the test. That's a test to them. Because if they quit, then they were never psychologically capable of handling this pressure. So basically, that's so that, that that's another solution. I see. I see. We gotta take. We gotta demilitarize the police. We gotta intensify the training. The training, and we also gotta give them more funding so they don't have to uh, depend on on the community um, doing wrong in order for them to get paid. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And Go also, ahead. I got to bring out, yeah, uh, that brings me to my next point. We have to vote. Um, not only do we have to vote for for uh, our for our congressman, we have to vote for the governor, the the set our senator, our our mayor, and our police chief. More importantly, because a, a police chief, a police sheriff, I mean, uh, make uh, is way more powerful than we we can expect. Like our Harris County's uh, police sheriff, Ed Gonzalez, is an advocate for criminal justice reform. And that's why uh, it's crucial that we keep him in office until he, until we feel like it's time to move on from him. Right. Um, with the, I feel like when it comes to voting, um, I don't want to say, I just kind of feel like as free people, if we claim that we are supposed to be free, we don't need anyone controlling us, governing us, governing our minds at that. And I kind of feel like with having, we're giving these people permission to rule us. We're giving these people permission to control us, to set our intentions, to let us know what to do and what not to do. When it's like, we free, right? Why, why is it not being portrayed that way? We literally have people to tell us what to do. And I think it's literally barbaric for that to even be the cause because it's like, we're so brainwashed and blindsided to even realize like we're free, but you still have people controlling you. It's like where does the sense come from that? You know what I'm saying? And I think a lot of the times, um, a lot of people are so dependent. I guess everyone is just so dependent on the government to supply and you know to have serve and protect and all this other stuff. We're just so compliant with you know the rules and everything like that. When it's just like for what? Like we be free, you know what I'm saying? I don't think people really processing that. And for that, I just kind of feel like voting, I think that's by choice. But for me, like, if we free, then we free. We shouldn't have to abide by y'all rules. I definitely feel that. But at the same time, like, I feel like a lot of people think reality-wise. Like, a lot of people don't realize that they are free and that they have that, that freedom to be free. So I feel like, um, yeah, we just have to... If, if you feel like that's the way to go, then go for it. I really don't have too much to say about voting because I just, I'm, I'm still kind of indecisive. indecisive where my choices go as far as like voting, I mean voting. 
Um, so I really just feel like if you feel like that's the best thing for your reality as of right now, <laughs> then voting is definitely the way to go if you feel like that will make change in the society. So but when it when when it comes to voting, when you have um one one person calling um making the decision for three hundred three hundred million the entire population of the country, uh we we're gonna need like the right person to represent us when it comes when it comes time to to make that decision. So it's more about more about uh, uh represent re, uh when you vote is more it should be more about representation. Not, not about um, restricting your, your freedom. Mm. Um, I feel like I definitely hear that, and I definitely like you know I see what you said because I guess a lot of people believe that if we don't have anyone governing us, then or representing us, it's like it's chaos already caused. You know what I'm saying? But not realizing like. The government is really like on the shutdown right now. Like we are literally the ones taking control right now. We're the ones that's overthrowing whatever they said. Like understanding that like the people are waking up. We are waking up. We are being. Um, we are really noticing what's going on. It's like we are the ones that's taking over right now. And I say that because you see all this protests. You see this. You see that going on. And a lot of people. People aren't believing it. A lot of people aren't here for it. So, with that representative, I understand. But I feel like we have to be in control of our own minds to understand what they're doing, so that way we can actually live that freedom. We won't need a representative. We are free. You know what I'm saying? We shouldn't be working nine to fives. We shouldn't be, you know, being systematical. It's like you go to school, you graduate, you go to work, and then you retire, and then you die systematic it's just the whole cycle is like how are you free but one one thing you got to keep in mind we can vote ourselves we can we have to vote until we're out of this uh, this situation in order uh for a system to in order for a system to change a system must evolve in in in, in the first place it must like it either uh, grow better. That's why when like when we vote, we have to pee. We have to vote. When we vote, we vote for people who share our agenda. Or and if you don't vote, then other people will vote for for uh, will uh, put people in power who have their agenda. So that's another thing to be uh, to also bring up. Because right now, you know how we vote for the president. We we have an electoral college. Forty right now because the president was in office. Forty six percent of the nation told the other the rest of the rest of the country who their leader is going to be and that and we have to, and that's a that's a system that 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 has to change that's a system that has to evolve currently um california and texas have similar um uh have sim similar um demographics in terms of, of of the people who live here but there's a reason why uh uh California has different uh, 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 blue representation and we have red representation because of voter suppression laws. Uh, I went to register the vote. Uh, I went to register to get, I mean, I went to go get my license at a DPS near me and it was closed down because we, it, it was a highly populated Latino community. I had to go all the way to the one in, in Spring, uh, Spring Cypress to, to get my license. Uh, not only that, I went all the way over there to register the vote because it was a, a, a it was mostly populated, uh, a white populated area. Wow. So in order for us to leave the system, 
we're, we're currently in, we have to um, participate into the system, in, in the system, until it evolves into something that where we, we, where we take control of it. I agree 100%. I feel like I'm just leaving it at that because you explaining your point, like, it's facts. Like, it's literally all facts. So I agree with you 100%. Yeah, it's, um, it's great. Like, one, th we gotta, one thing we got to make sure is that we educate ourselves until um, to the point where we um, know where we are all-knowing all until we can't, we can't be swinged the other way until we our vote can't be controlled. Because right now there's currently a, a lot of loopholes that restrict us uh, 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 of our freedom. Um, you know, like whether it be in Texas, it'd be voter ID laws or or they're closing down um bs but yeah it's um it's it's really uh it's really hard and one thing one thing we got to do to um one thing they have to mention because um texas is a uh, is a is a state controlled by by conservative uh conservatives uh rep conservative representation one thing we have to do is um First of all, the black community and the Latino community got to come together. And that's something I always preach. Uh, like Tupac always said, um, black, uh, black love, brown pride. Um, and that's something I always, and that's something I always try to um, preach because to preach because uh, if we become one community, Latinos already become, became the, uh, uh, the, uh, the largest minority in America. Uh, so in order, in order for us to make change, we gotta we gotta come together with the black community in order to uh, in order to actually uh, bring change. So um, yeah, so that's basically one thing. Uh, when when we uh, vote for our president or when we vote for our uh, whether it be our congressman, our senator, our governor, our mayor, we have to like uh, come together, make one agenda, and until we see the change that needs to be taken, then we can like have our own agenda. Um, but we, but we, but until then, we should we should all come together. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. Uh, being that we are the indigenous people, uh, melanated people, um, it makes sense too. And I understand that you know, I feel yeah. like when it comes to setting agendas, who really empowered as of right now is really like setting an agenda for us. You know what I'm saying? That's and for us us brown and black people to be unified it is important because we can create plans that way we could unify each other that way we can unify the world that way like i said we are indigenous we're the chosen ones and it's like they know our powers they know our potential and they know our capability but um that's something that they're not really going to acknowledge because if they acknowledge it then we gonna understand how much power we do have and that's something they don't want us to know so yeah that's the the black and brown community coming together will be definitely magic. We will be really running things because it's not like we were working before. <laughs> right. We try to take that out of crime and say this is a problem. So I feel like definitely like realizing that we have the power and I feel like unity is key. So I feel like that will take us to further this way. Uh, us black and brown people agreeing to agenda to follow in order for us to reclaim our power and actually realizing our power. I feel like just basically that would take us the longest way as far as us evolving through all of this. Yeah, and like the reason we have to we have to change the current system, what does it tell you about our, our current um, leaders um, that we put in office that it's not until 
chaos uh, ensues. Not until we revolt, until the whole country came on fire, that they decided to do something about it. I feel like it shows that they don't care. Like, it's just tricky. It's not even tricky. It's just like, y'all wait so long. But it's like, you gotta, I feel like it really just starts from the very beginning. Like, they never check on, you know, they don't teach mental health in school. They don't do, they don't implement, you know, different things that will like uplift kids. Or they don't mm-hmm. teach you what your real subject is about. Because we go to school learning about biology and chemistry when a lot of people don't know what chemistry actually stands for. Chem is, chem means black and history means the study of. And you put those together, we're studying black. Melanin, that's what we are studying, but it's never, everything that we learn in school is never correlated to who you are as a person. Like, so people don't know that, like biology is the study of melanated cell, like a cell, that's like a melanated cell. That's what biology is all about, but we don't know that. Chemistry derived from Kemet, ancient Kemet, which is now known as Egypt. So Kemet means the study, I mean, Kemet means black and history means the study of. And it's like, but you going to school, you would never know that chemistry or biology had anything to do with who you are as a person. And that definitely starts from, you know, yeah, it starts from the education system. It starts from people, from them tearing us down so much, we don't know who we are. And that makes us, you know, we because all we have no emotions. It makes us feel, you know, low self-esteem. It causes a whole bunch of trauma and issues. And when the world is, you know, at the state that it is now, it's like, oh, they're, the government's not fearful because it's like, they see, you know, the 400 years of slavery is, is over with and now people are waking up. And so now in the state of the country is now, it's like it's, it's like it's interesting that they're trying to like you know throw a lot of distractions at us because they understand what's going on like people are really realizing it really what's up and it may take the world to be you know burning down for them to be like okay you know so i say i, mean, it's, I, I say it's ignorance <laughs> like like the saying goes ignorance is bliss it's usually we take we take like we take so much money out of the school system um and people aren't really educated they're not really educated on the history of oppression like it said like and they grow up um in these households like if a if a six-year-old uh if a six-year-old little white girl sees um a man holding up a black lives matter sign and she says mommy what does black lives matter mean he says oh and if her mom gives her the wrong answer it's a it's it's not a rap for her. Then she goes to her to her school, and her teacher and she asks her teacher, uh, uh, "Miss McGee, what what is a uh, black life? What is Black Lives Matter?" And she says, uh, and she and she gives her the wrong answer. Or if she then she and, and the last glimmer of hope, she goes to her friends and she says, "Do y'all know what Black Lives Matter is?" And they give her the wrong answer. And now she's growing up in an environment where she's ignorant to the fact, ignorant to the to to the truth basically like here's like an analogy like no one um is ever taught to question authority we go to school our teacher is our teacher we listen to her because she knows best like we we're told to stand like from the minute we're four years old half of us don't even have memory at that point uh i can't remember i, I can barely remember when i was four years old 
and they make us stand for the uh, please stand for the pledge of allegiance and it's like and we're brought into it like it's programmed into our brains from before we even had memory from before our brains were developed which led me me personally i never stood for the national uh, for the um i mean i never stood for the pledge of allegiance my last three years of high school because i saw it on paper and it's and it's and it doesn't represent what 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 it represents like nobody like nobody who like here's an, another analogy nobody who memorized the entire bible ever questions it every anyone who memorized the bible repeats the message nobody who so nobody who um nobody who blindly follow the pledge ever questions the pledge they just repeat the pledge and and they they teach the pledge and they and they pass it down as a inherit they inherit as an inheritance to future generations so it's so that's where um the uh, where systematic racism uh, racism exists uh so uh society wise exactly and i feel like right now in time we're questioning everything that's why we're able to unite so much i feel like as of now because we're questioning everything like why why all of a sudden like even i seen the post the other day was saying how the news has said for these past three days uh 19,000 cases has just been brought as the um the virus and it's like okay three days it takes 14 days in order for you it, it takes 14 days in order for you to get your results back if i'm not mistaken or to see results. or to see results and you telling me everybody from protest wants to go get tested right after protesting and got their results back that fast and you got another case so it's just like everyone everyone is questioning everything everybody's like wait why is this happening why am i doing this again like people are realizing that they, they're really within really <laughs> because like now, yeah like because um, I I took a knee my uh, uh, during the national anthem when I was playing football I climbed force I took a knee uh, for the protest and they I got you know I got called a bitch um, on uh, repeatedly because I was in I, I was in Klein High I was in the um, in the white neighborhood in the white community wow. whatever but like then then like Killer Mike brought a brought a point up today when I was watching uh, when I was watching um, him on on TV and he said. If kneeling for the flag is a sign of disrespect, then putting uh, the American flag on a Budweiser commercial should be a sign of disrespect. But the way reason you don't see it is because we're calling for the uh, for for justice. We're calling for the um, to bring attention to oppression. So that's that's where like people it's how we program people from the dairy they're their little kids. Mm. Oh, for sure. Like, even um, it takes seven years to actually be fully programmed. <laughs> so, when born up to year seven. And so, to think when you're in school, they already separate you without you even realizing it from you being in athletics. If you're in athletics and you're not in athletics, you know, they tell the other kids who are not in athletics to go outside or even just grading you by paper or just even splitting you up into groups to make you feel like, oh, like, oh. If I don't get an A, I'm not getting that. Right, exactly. This already is tormented with us mentally because, you know, you've already been separated. You've already been told that you're not good enough. And honestly, like, when leaving out of school, it's like you have this big – it's like you're not even really ready for the real world, but you honestly see it 
clear as day because like school sets you up, you know, there's rules, there's this, there's teachers that's doing this and that. And it's like, there's really, it's, it's literally everything that you learn from the outside, you learn inside of school because they're teaching you it by separating you and just really not making you feel as one. Mm-hmm. And I remember me, once I graduated, I had like the biggest melt, like the biggest meltdown. I was like, bro, like, what was high school for? You know, it was like, I wasn't prepared. I wasn't this, I wasn't that. It was just really frustrating. But whenever, whenever gaining knowledge and educating myself on like, well, this is how the school system really is. Like, like they set you up from the go. And it's just like, I mean, none of this is by surprise. So, and that's the thing, like even when just, because we're actually um, in college, and I feel like my purpose wasn't to be in college and go for that systematic education type of thing. But in college, I, I can personally say I've done what I needed to do. Like, my, I feel like going to an ABC or whatever, my purpose is way bigger than just going to school. Yeah, it, was more, it was more of, like, unifying. It was more so, like, making sure black people come together as a whole and love one another. And I feel like I, I went to college for the experience. Right. And I feel like I've got my money's worth because <laughs> I, can, I can't even count on my fingers how much stuff we have accomplished within just a semester and like half a semester of like right. a second, you know? So like the spring semester, it wasn't even, you know, full, a full semester. I was actually like able, like able to be there, full year was able to be there. And uh, we just accomplished so much, and it's just like peace is there. Like, I don't know, I can't really explain it, but I feel like it's not like the traditional school system. I get it. Like, and it's so we, we've kind of escaped that and made right. it our own reality. Yeah. <laughs> And like, there's a, there's a, you know, a, a saying a lot of people who, who claim not to be racist say, I don't see color. And another thing, uh, this, um, the last point I want to bring up is uh, George Floyd was, was killed over a, a forced check. The police were called, called because of a forced check they, and they killed him over it. And some people try to defend the police justifying it. Well, he committed a crime. He, uh, he did something illegal. He, he, got what, he got what was coming to him. If if that should and if you're taught not to see color, if that if your um, philosophy of that stands true, then the the all the people who were involved in the college admission scandal should be given the death penalty. If that's how you justify uh, the killing of George Floyd, Aunt Becky should get the electric chair because she cheated her her for her daughter and messed with. Uh, a school's money to to get get her into a, a good school. <laughs> mm. I feel like when people, you know, when it comes to the I don't see color stuff, I feel like so many people understand that that's not even true. Because if you didn't see color, then we wouldn't be in the predicament that we were today. And understand that a lot of white people, and I know I feel like I keep bringing this up, but a lot of white people know our power. And it's us who don't know our power. Like, I like I don't know, but we don't talk like normal people. Like, we're conscious. So it's just like, we are the gods. You know what I'm saying? And people just, I don't know, they understand who we are. And I feel like when it comes to them saying, we don't see color, it's, it's like, it's unbelievable. It's not, it's not believable because y'all know our capabilities. That's why they tear us and break us down so much. Mm-hmm. That's why 
you know, we go through so many transitions within ourselves and also just within black, you know, the system and just everything. So mm-hmm. I can't even just be like, uh, I guess I can see how people, but because it's not true. People see color clear as day. So, I feel like with people who say they don't see color, I encourage you guys to go um, <laughs> watch a Jane Elliott um, <clears throat> experiment. She's right. basically this, this uh, older white lady um, doing an experiment on the colors of your eyes. So she splits, these are just from every single age group. I think her first experiment was done on like fourth graders. And uh, she split them up on um, the color of her eyes. So if you have blue eyes, you sit on one side, brown eyes, you sit on the other side. And she basically, um, she basics, uh, basically treats the people with the blue eyes like as if they were black people. Mm-hmm. And it was so quickly on how the emotion that they evoked because they felt like harassed or like attacked right. or whatever, they took it out on the people with the brown eyes. And it's like, but now you're seeing how we feel right, as black people. So it was just a very humbling experience and it basically just break down that's not true that you don't see color because yeah. that's all you see right. that's the first thing you see when you look at it right. so that's what that is and uh, i definitely agree with you how people should be executed as far as education even system. even <laughs> even colorblind people see black and white mm. <laughs> <laughs> and you can't even say they can't because our, fe- our features even tell it all so <laughs> you know what i'm saying it's crazy. It really is. <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, it was, um, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, psychologically drained from this conversation. I'm glad, I'm glad we, got, we, we got to sit together and, and, and talk about this. You know, it's only until we sit down and have a conversation about it, um, uh, thing, things can really change. Definitely. So I, I again, man. I, I appreciate y'all coming, coming on here. You know, hopefully, uh, you know, uh, we got, we got really busy talking about, you know, the protests and and, and the community and oppression. But it's, it's a conversation where we're most definitely worth having. Hopefully, uh, when, when we, uh, this, all this chaos blows over, we can, um, you know, have a, have an, another conversation about uh, something else that needs, not only needs change, but also something um also have fun i started this podcast you know to have you know to to have fun with with some friends or to like you know to be fun i i honestly i started this podcast to be funny but you know it, it i i i got you know i i felt i had a calling to you know use my platform to to do some good mm-hmm. and and that's that's what i'm doing uh, i'm i'm i really appreciate y'all uh coming on here um uh, anything y'all want to say before we wrap this up? Um, I just want to say thank you for even giving us this opportunity. Like, I'm really just so proud that you even have this and like using your voice in order to make change. Like, that really makes my heart warm. Like, I'm just really great, and I hope you continue doing great things with your podcast. I wish you nothing but the best and peace and love, and keep going. Like, literally keep going. I'm super proud. Um, that you're actually even doing this. Yeah, I think this is like super dope. When I found out a podcast, I was like, bro, like, that's the stuff I'm talking about. Like, you literally like voicing your opinions and everything like that. I just found that super dope. So definitely keep going. Like, I encourage you to keep going and don't give up. Like, this is super dope. Mm-hmm. And I guess for everyone who else is able to listen, like, sending you guys nothing but love and um, 
great energy right now because, you know, I just don't want anyone to feel down at this time. Like, if anything, look at the positive side of it. Like, change is change here. So, um, everyone who is listening or supportive, just stay in high spirits. And um, we love everyone who's watching. So, thank you for this opportunity. <laughs> Amber, Asia, thank you so much. No thank problem. You. Thank you. Peace.